Hi everyone and welcome to HR Sound Off, the show created to talk about HR with who better than people in HR. We're going to talk about different topics and we're also going to talk about the many misconceptions that kind of irritate us that people have about our function and what we do. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's sound off. Katrina Collier. What can I say about Katrina Collier? There are so many things I could say. She is absolutely amazing. She entered my life in September 2019 when I met her at Disrupt HR in London. And since then, I have nothing but sheer admiration for her. She is a juggernaut recruiter, um, speaker. She is just truly amazing. And one of the things that I really appreciate about Katrina is her capacity to share, um, not just information, but experience. And I really do appreciate that about her. Um, so going into creating my own chapter for Disrupt HR in Barbados, um, Katrina was the one who, who helped me get where I am um, and get things organized. And I, eternally grateful to her for that. Um, in the capacity of HR as holding a multifaceted role, for me, it has been a, a challenge to balance things like recruitment and change management and agility all at the same time. But Katrina wrote this book called The Robot Proof Recruiter. And if you do not have it, <laughs> you need to get it and you need to make it your Bible for recruitment. Because in that book, she explains and breaks down everything for you in such a way that it's, it's not just reading. Like there are moments when you're reading the book that you have to go to YouTube or you have to go to another website because you want to connect all of the dots and you don't want to miss a single gem that she's sharing within the book. With that said, I could talk about Katrina all day long without Katrina actually saying anything on this podcast. That would make no sense whatsoever. So ladies and gentlemen, I want to take this opportunity to introduce everybody to the amazing Katrina Collier. Katrina, how the hell are you? Thank you. That was quite some introduction. Goodness me. See, you don't I need have a to... bio. You don't need a bio. I know, I do just need a bio. I, just have, I, I have to correct you on one tiny little point. I'm not Four. a recruiter anymore. Uh, I no, I uh, actually going into 2020, what I'll be doing is much more facilitation with recruiters and hiring managers and what I call clearing or freeing their recruitment roadblocks. Uh, so I want to do a lot more of that. So, but yes, my background was recruitment and then I was training recruiters and social recruiting. And then it was actually, I want to start Disrupt HR because I was meeting a lot of great HR people. And yeah, then I got asked to write the book and it's just been this constant evolution as I've, from what I set out to do, yes. I've ended up doing something completely different, which has been quite amazing. But um, I think I'm very lucky that I ha can have a business that's literally two different things. Yes. <laughs> and, then, and obviously also then working in the charity aspect as well. So I, yeah. Yeah, I'm quite lucky. I'm very lucky, actually. Not you even quite are. lucky. Oh gosh, so there are so many things that we have to talk about and we only sure. have half an hour. And again, okay. I, I think just that um, my previous guest, we're going to have to do a part two to this podcast. <laughs> Either that or I'm going to have to just 
go brave and start doing one hour podcast. But for now, 30 minutes. <laughs> 30 minutes is enough for people. I think it's a perfect time for exercising and listening and, exactly. you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So for me, there are a couple things that I want to touch on um, as, as sure. we have our discussion today. So the first thing I wanted to talk to you about was the Robot Proof Recruiter, this book. Now, yes. I've read the book. I've, I've, I've read it and I've had to, I've marked, yes, and I've, I've, I've marked it all, I've marked yep. it all. So you'll oh. see like my book is all yellow, it's got all kinds Posted of notes, post-it and highlighter. and highlighters in it because there are just so many yep. nuggets in this book. What I love about this book, Katrina, is that you have given us as recruiters a, a, an insight into how to survive the recruitment process. Yeah. But what you've done for us as HR professionals is you've helped us to create the ability to for people to trust us in yeah. their space as we recruit them because not everybody has the luxury of working with a recruiter, but you've given us the nuggets that we need as HR generalists to yeah. successfully recruit. Yeah. Yes. And I, I think so much of it came from, you know, when I started out, which I talk about in the book, you know, I, I worked in this bank and it was toxic and, you know, you couldn't see anything. The internet hadn't yet disrupted. You didn't mm-hmm. have search engines. So you didn't have this ability to see jobs or be found. And that, of course, all changed. And really, it really changed in 2008 when the recession hit, when people suddenly came online. Um, and so then I've watched the evolution as it's sort of gone from being a very company in mm-hmm. charge world of recruitment to a very candidate in charge world of recruitment because yeah. it's just completely flipped on its head, which means everybody's had to sit up. Your hiring managers, HR, recruiters, talent acquisition all have to do a better job. Mm-hmm. Otherwise they can't recruit. But then along comes this sort of technology vendors who are saying, but we can do your job for you. And I'm going, no, you can't. It's complicated. It's, yeah. you know, there are so many human skills involved in recruiting somebody. Okay. But I think from a, from a HR generalist point of view, the, the barriers to recruitment were removed. So okay. you, you don't have to use a recruitment agent. You can go and find people. Mm-hmm. It's fine. But the trouble is because people can be found, as I talk about in the book, they're bombarded with recruiter spam. So now it's become about how do you stand out against all of that noise, which I talk about like looking worthy of someone's time and all those kind of things to cut through. And I still think a human is always going to do that better than a, than a uh, technology, than AI, than a robot, you know? So it's, but it's been mostly because I've just watched the change over my own career. Mm -hmm. It's it's just a different world to recruit in now. It really, Um, really is. And in some ways harder, in some ways a hell of a lot easier. Yes, I guess it depends on like the profession or, or that you're looking at, especially if the market is, is tight. Like for me, I'm looking now at technology, but um, many years ago, I was actually working with um, a gas and oil company. And in the Caribbean, it was very difficult for us to recruit at the time people like, like traders, um, yeah. the, the marriage analysts. In the Caribbean, people were like, what is that? You know, and yeah. operators, you know, people who actually loaded the ships and, and made sure that 
they were correct. The blend of gasoline was correct. Yeah. And um, so the, those kind of things you were looking for within the Caribbean space was very difficult. We had to outsource a lot of that talent throughout the world. So yeah. um, I just, I totally understand like how it's so important for us to really look deep into the kind of market that we're looking at and the workforce yeah. that we're looking at and make sure that we source the right people. And I think a lot of it as well is coming out of your little HR office, out of your bubble and going and talking to your hiring managers. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to be an oil and gas trader? What are they doing day to day? What's the problems they're solving? What are the issues you have? What's the team like? You know, really understanding that and the industry so that when you actually get in touch with somebody, oh, you can get their attention. Oh, you know what you're talking about. Oh, you have no problems luring them in because they can ask you a question. You can answer it. You're not kind yes. of going, well, my, my out of date job requirements is blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it was fun. It was really funny writing it because I, I don't think I'd even realized, but when it came down to it, it was chapter five, which I now can't find. Now I want to find it right in front of me. There we go. Get your <laughs> intake right, yes. which I could not have written without the input of three people. So Steve Levy and Maisha Cannon, Mm-hmm. And I'm having a, a Tangy Pettis. I was having a complete mental blank man right in the middle <laughs> of the podcast. How professional. Um, but that chapter that gives you all of the nitty gritty of yes. what questions to write, uh, to ask and mm-hmm. what information to go and research and understand. And then it's taking that and mm-hmm. using that in your conversation when you get, you know, you do your um, sourcing, but also in your job descriptions yes. so that they stand out from everyone mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was even eye-opening to me, just going yeah. through that. Because the last time I'd recruited it was just click view. You mm-hmm. can speak technology, you can speak English, billions of rows of data. That was it. You know, it was <laughs> it was always the same kind of role in this in-house yeah. role I had. So that was I, I love that chapter. I'm really proud of it because it's yeah. just so useful. And actually, mm-hmm. if recruiters look worthy of someone's time, as does the company, you get that intake strategy session right your recruitment will be a breeze. Um, So, but also I think you, you touched on with all of the um, post-it notes and highlighter and all this kind of stuff. I I didn't feel like there was anything grassroots enough, anything gritty enough. There's a lot of recruitment books that are sort of like high level strategy. And I wanted, Oh, I wanted this to be within reach all the time. You pick it Mm -hmm. up and go, I know what was she talking about that? I can't remember. Oh yeah, that's right which I even do myself because I know my stats yes. are in there and I need to yes. find them. <laughs> mm-hmm. this, so, this, sits, this, book, this book for me sits two places. So yeah. it, it goes to work with me every day and it sits on my desk and, and it comes home with me every evening and it sits on my desk because yeah. I'm always looking, having Finding new stuff. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Actually, one of the things I wanted to touch on with you sure. in terms of that no like, and trust, yeah. um, of people no liking and trusting you. And I, I actually listened to one of your um, webinars the other day where you were talking about um, using the, um, what is it called? So I'm having a mind, um, the profile pic. Yes. Oh, oh photo feeler. Photo feeler. It's photo fabulous. Feeler. It is. Look, I used it and um, I put two different pictures of me. One actually, yeah. and actually I changed it a little. I put okay. one in black and white and one in color. Okay. And the one in black and white got more likes and numbers um, than the one the in other. color. 
How interesting. And, and what did the comments all, it was say? The same pose, just just right. one in black and white and one in color. So the one in um in color said, Oh, you might want to change your hairstyle a bit. Um, the smile doesn't look too genuine. But then the black and white one, like the comments yeah. were completely different. So I was like, well, all I did was put one in black and white and one in color, but it was the exact yeah. same picture. But it's freaking how perception, it? how people perceive, you know. Yeah, and I I just think as animals for such a long time, we've had the flight and fright. So you will see someone and we immediately decide if we trust them or we don't. Whereas fickle now, perhaps, but that's how we are. It's that instant impression. And let's be honest, as recruiters, the second we see someone in an interview, we we judge, we do. And then we go through the interview process backing it up. Mm -hmm. But it's the fact that our photos on LinkedIn and on Twitter and Instagram, wherever you're using your profile picture, can actually deter people. Yeah. So I, um, I mean, the, the example in the book is Mark Lundgren and I said mm-hmm. to him, I don't understand why you look so angry. And he let me use the photos. Yeah. Um, and just the difference between not likable and likable, just yeah. changing a photo. Mm-hmm. And when you think about, we are in charge of somebody's career. What we do is so important. Yeah. You know, the, the, yeah, I was looking for some tweets earlier for a presentation and um, I mean, literally just put in start new job into Twitter and you'll see so many people going, Oh my gosh, I'm so scared. I'm starting my new job tomorrow. Oh God, I hope I go. Okay. Oh, I hope they don't find out. I don't know what I'm talking about. You know, and you're just going all of the fear, all of that changing job fear. And we deal with that. And you know, if they do fail, it's on us as well as on them. So it's huge responsibility. So I think that making sure you look approachable, you look friendly, you know, your staff, you're just Mm -hmm. very genuine these days. I think, People want to see beside behind the facade as well. They don't want polished PR. That's the other thing where it's like, oh, so does my profile uh, picture have to be over the top professional? Well, no, but maybe not a selfie in the car with your sunglasses on or something. Yeah, so many times. What is that? Yes. <laughs> well, you're in Barbados. You can do it at the beach. You do it at the beach in the UK. It's a bit weird. <laughs> now <laughs> yes the weather being the way is okay you got me you got me but i mean like i would yeah. take a professional picture in my bathing suit at the beach I'm oh like, yes no, like, no no i've seen some corkers on the. i used to, i used to collect them actually off linkedin i gave up Did a long you? time ago yeah all the bad ones just the ones that i was like oh my god there's someone in his speedos like what is that oh my word <laughs> yeah i've seen everything yes. um yeah, really. But I think there's a lot of, um, yeah, selfies at really weird angles and, and this whole, it's like it's LinkedIn. Just please just look at the camera. <laughs> like, yes. Don't do that weird angle thing that, you know, because mm-hmm. people do just go, what are you doing? They don't, yes. they don't want to talk to you. So, exactly. and I just what? think that if you think about the amount of stuff that's coming at us every day is anyway, anyway, so you're a job, you're a, and sorry, what's it called? A passive candidate, much yeah. as I don't think anyone's passive or active, sitting there and you've got all of your notifications going off. You've got all of this advertising coming at it. You've got everything coming at you all the time. And then mm-hmm. here's this recruiter trying to get your attention. You finally look at them and you're like, oh, they don't look trustworthy. And you move yeah. on. Yep. So it's the candidate has that control. Exactly. I, I, I was trying to get across. I think I did. <laughs> I'm sure you I'm sure you did. And and you did and you did an amazing job of covering that in the book. So let's mm. talk a little bit about 
the actual experience, online experience of, of going to get a job. Yep. So we talked about, you talked about this a couple of weeks ago on that, on that same webinar. Yep. Um, how important is it for us as recruiters or as HR people to ensure that when we list the job online, that people can yep. actually access it and apply for it without <laughs> the, the madness that happens in between. <laughs> I know, and you didn't see the one. I did. You see the one with the there's something like twelve steps, and it took two so minutes. So the one that, from PwC, yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So yeah, Sorry, so, yeah, it's nothing to do with PwC. There's some, something going wrong somewhere. But it's the, so not everywhere has the blue box on Google. So a normal job seeker is just going to go to Google. I appreciate there are other search engines, but they are, and they're yeah. just going to go, HR jobs, Barbados, enter, right? Mm-hmm. What comes up. In a lot of countries, that blue box comes up, which you have for shopping and for airlines and stuff. Right. And when you click in there, you can kind of cut out the middleman and look directly for the industry you're interested in. And then what it does is of course it shows all of the reviews and all of the salary bands and it it like collates all this information for the job Mm -hmm. seeker, which is why it's so useful and dangerous. So if you're not looking after people, Mm -hmm. but what I'd done was I'd clicked in there and then gone, I thought, well, actually, I don't want to apply by these websites. I want to apply on the, the company's website. Right. But when I got there, it took me from going from pwc.com to .co.uk to goodness knows what, the applicant tracking system to who knows what else. And yeah. I couldn't even find the job. And mm-hmm. it took me two minutes and however many clicks. And I was just going, it's ridiculous. It should be from wherever they see the ad, they're on the apply page straight away. There shouldn't yeah. be any lost in translation. Um but that, and also just making sure, and I talk about that in the book as well, it's mm-hmm. accessible to people. Yeah. You know, there are companies like Recite.me, which will make it so that dyslexic people can read it more easily, or somebody who has sight problem can have it read out to them. And, mm-hmm. you know, are we making it actually easy technology-wise for people to apply? I tried yeah. to cover everything. You did, you did. <laughs> they only gave me 70,000 words, but I tried. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did great. I'm sure you really did. But it's, yeah, it's that. And I just think a lot of people don't, I actually, my recommendation would be, I want you to pick up your mobile or cell as you probably call it uh-huh. and look for a job, preferably on your own career site and go all the way through the process. Mm-hmm. And what then you need to do is turn around and get rid of whatever the roadblock was or the, the recruitment block was. Get rid of it. It doesn't need to be there. You know, what you need is really their name, their phone number and their CV. That's it, right? Oh, we're yeah. it's, it, let's, let's just reduce the complication. Because mm-hmm. um, it's, I, I, I wrote the book for people who are in demand, who are unlikely to apply. But if you actually get them to the point that they apply, right. it should be really easy. Yeah. Not complicated. And then when they do apply, of course, I talk about those autoresponders, don't I? Please, HR, in-house talent acquisition, stop hiding behind the talent acquisition team or the HR team. Say who you are. Give them a chance to chase you up if you, you know, get it gets lost. Yeah. Because don't you don't you want to talk with with the people who are excited and want to talk to you? Exactly. Absolutely. And and I I never understand that. I neither. And what I also love is that you also cover actually dealing with candidates who are not accepted. 
because I think a lot of times you forget um, that candidates who you didn't accept, for, who could have probably been in your top five of the talent pool that you didn't reach out to, mm-hmm. and you have to go for that role again. You have no pipeline because you disconnected from the yep. person without giving yeah. them the opportunity to know like why you didn't accept them at that point in time. And that's, that's yeah. something really critical that you talk about in your book as well. Yeah, and I put in there the x-ray search that you can do for Glassdoor interview reviews, for yes. example, for never heard back. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so, I mean, it's obnoxious not to give it back to people. I, I, I'm sorry, I can't come up with a better word at this point. Yeah. But it is, right? Time. Mm-hmm. The time that, you know, we're spending together recording this and the time that the people listening are giving to us, to, you know, to hear what we have to say. Yep. They're never getting it back. We're never getting it back. It's done. It's spent, right? It's our most precious resource. Yep. So for somebody to have taken the time to come and interview with you, now whether that is on a video chat or on a telephone call or whatever, they deserve closure. They deserve to know, particularly if it's been in person or video, what the reason was mm-hmm. so that they can learn and grow as well. Exactly. But without it, they're going to go and slag you off online and then it's going to stop you from being able to recruit. It's a vicious cycle. And I know there are companies out there who just go, oh, we have a blanket policy of not, well, that's not good enough. Mm -hmm. Find a way to give feedback that doesn't put you in jeopardy of being sued because it's respectful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they could be sitting next to the perfect person that you're after. And you go, oh, well, you know, we were just thinking, well, what about Bob who's sitting next to me? He'd be perfect. Mm -hmm. And they actually give you someone. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it is one of my biggest bugbears. I just, yes. yeah, that's why it, as 2020 progresses, I'm going to do a lot more facilitation with hiring managers. I want them to understand how their behavior online is impacting the recruitment process. Uh, sorry, their behavior at interview is yes. <laughs> online impacting mm-hmm. the recruitment process mm-hmm. um, and, you know, what they need to do about it and to help them to come up with their own ideas exactly. so that they'll go fix it. Because yes they have a job to do, mm-hmm. but they don't think their job is giving you feedback on why that person wasn't right. Yeah. So absolutely. you have to get that information. Absolutely. So much absolutely. to be done. That's my oh. focus for 2020. And <laughs> well, um, everyone I'm saying to you now, the robot proof recruiter by Katrina Collier. If you do not have this book, go and buy it get now. A survival guide for recruitment and sourcing professionals. <laughs> you need this book in your life. I promise you. Can we just can we just mention that the royalties are also going to an incredible charity called Hope Justice? Go so for the, it. the fact we're selling it so hard actually isn't helping my back pocket in the slightest, <laughs> which is quite tragic. Um, <laughs> but I chose to have the royalties donated to Hope for Justice because I have seen firsthand incredible work they're doing to end modern day slavery of which 40.3 million people are impacted today. So, um, I, yeah, I just, it's not only will you improve your recruitment, you'll be sort of saving someone's life. So yes, yes. I'd throw that in there. Yep.
With that being said, that's a segue into Disrupt HR. Let's talk a little. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Disrupt HR. So yep. tell me how you got into Disrupt HR and um, where where people can find Disrupt HR events in the UK. Yep. So um, I yeah, Disrupt HR. That side of my business blows my mind. Um, mm-hmm. As I was teaching recruiters and HR sourcing, um, I basically realized they didn't all suck. Sorry, no offense. Um, But I'm a typical Gen X. I've been either policed or managed out of companies by HR. So, you know, they're never being my favorite people. And I suddenly discovered that actually because of this transparency in this search engine world that we live in now, that actually HR is stepping up and they're making a difference and they want engaged employees and all this kind of stuff. And I'm going, but they have nowhere to speak. And then I'd heard about Disrupt HR and I stopped in New York on the way to San Francisco to speak at a conference and, and spoke at the one in New York and went, oh, this is amazing. This is brilliant. We have nothing like this in London. I can do this, but we're doing this Katrina style. It will be much more relaxed in a pub. Yours was in a nightclub, wasn't it? Yes, when you came? Yes, uh, it so we're, back, we're back in cargo <laughs> this one. I can't wait. Oh, I nice. cargo. <laughs> it's, all, it's a bit grotty and that makes it perfect. Hey, Charlie, <laughs> it is um, nice. <laughs> it is, but it's a tiny bit grotty, isn't it? Yes, like, yes, yes. your fingers under the seats. But anyway. No. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> but it's awesome. But, we'll go drink so a beer. I brought it over. <laughs> I, I, I brought the event to London in uh, June 2016 was the first one. I really had no idea what I was doing, but it ran really, really well. And Mm -hmm. then it exploded. The second I brought it into the city itself, it exploded. It went nuts Um, because it's fast. It's fun. Um, I'm slightly crazy. So it's definitely fun (laughs) and fabulous. Um, it's, It's giving, for me, it was about, I want HR to have a voice. I want them to be heard. I want them to break into the traditional conferences that don't let HR in if they don't have experience speaking. It's like, oh, come on. This is like me trying to get a waitress job years ago. I couldn't because I had no experience, but no one would give me any. You're going, oh, God, just let them try. Um, And it went insane. And I've had speakers go from speaking there to ending up on Icelandic television. Um, I've had, you know, you you saw um, on my Facebook, gorgeous Emma Hanmore end up in People Management Magazine as an apprentice, you know, you just think. Um, And that's what I want. So I then did run some other cities that haven't necessarily worked out so well, so I've given up on, but I've also handed some over to more local people, so at Mm -hmm. least they're going to keep going. Right Right now I'm running uh, London, Cambridge, and York and Newcastle. Right. So I'm, I'm running four, mm-hmm. but I know because I brought it to London that the others mm-hmm. kicked off. So you've got Manchester, you've got Nottingham, but yes. also Europe. So yes. Tatiana's starting Prague. Yes, Prague. Yes. First one's about to happen. Yes. Um, and there've been others that have yes. definitely popped up. Um, Don't uh, forget Belgium, Barbados Belgium because that happened because of you. Because of me. It's all, because <laughs> all my fault. It's, it's, you. Not, it's not. I completely <laughs> stole it from you. Well, you don't because you buy the city license. Exactly. interested, disruptor.co. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I bought the city license. So yeah, I mean, yes. it's, yeah. But I think if you keep it light and fun, then it works. Yes, I think if exactly. you get too, too corporate, then it's a bit too... Exactly, exactly. Well, I'm running my first one it. in March. Yay! So, yeah. And I can't so, come, I'm sorry. Oh, March 24th. Don't worry, there'll be more I opportunities. I got booked to speak. I know. That's, that's like, okay. Oh, I haven't been to Barbados. That would be really tough to go to. But I was like, ah, I got booked to speak. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I know there'll be another time and you'll be here and you'll speak, Absolutely. You'll speak to me. So that's not a problem. Um, so yeah, Disrupt HR. 
For those of you who do not know what Disrupt HR is, based on the <laughs> website, they call it this information exchange for HR yeah. professionals. But basically, we're talking about all things talent and HR related. Mm. You don't have to be an HR practitioner to speak at Disrupt HR. As a matter of fact, if you're not, then your That's perspective is definitely welcome and you need to be even more oh. catchy and inviting and you give us stuff to think about that we never thought about before. Yeah. So I'm really looking And I think it's the it. it's the five minute uh yeah thing it's like it's disrupt HR but you have to use a set format that always makes me laugh um <laughs> the five minutes you know using 20 slides that rotate every 15 seconds, 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. But what's been mind-blowing is the creativity you know I've had Lee Berman play guitar and sing I've, I've mm-hmm. had Amanda Arrowsmith sing I've had uh Katrin Lewis did a poem I've had mm-hmm. so many different versions we've had magic yeah. tricks we had you name it and Whoa. I'm just going <laughs> oh yes. I stand there start the slides no idea i've seen the slides but i have no idea what's going to happen so much fun yeah um and it's how people express themselves yeah and i think it's um the reason i also love it is i'm just giving permission for people to be and i think that's really important for the success of the event as well just to just let people be you know then you've given them the parameters and now you just let them go and create something amazing yeah, it is. It's fun. It's good. And I just, um, actually somebody else messaged me as well and said, I tracked back through my business and I realized my business really took off because of participating in disruption, you know, being part of the community around it as well. So not only speaking, coming back to cheer on, because yes. I think again, it really works if you people keep coming back to it. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, I'm hoping yeah. that we'll have the same effect in Barbados and then we'll be able to the, um, cool. out. Yeah, the plan is Barbados, Trinidad, Jamaica. I'm going for it. So, we'll see so I could come do the, the hat trick. That's what you need to do. You need to run three nights running. <laughs> there you go. But the audience, you can't see the expression that Christina and I are making right now, but if you could, you'd be laughing. <laughs> Party, baby. Party. (laughs) (laughs) The third night of talks would be quite interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Look, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. It's such a blast. But tell me, what are you reading right now that you want to share with the audience? Something cool that you think they should be reading? What am I reading? Um... I, of course, have more than one book on the go. <laughs> but, but I tell you, the one that, um, it's actually a really old book, but I've also done some of his work. Um, mm-hmm. And I've also always been very open about my child abuse. But there's a, Dr. John D. Martini has written a book called The Values Factor. It's an mm-hmm. old book. This is okay. not a new book. Mm-hmm. And I haven't necessarily used it to the nth degree, but I found by using that and really understanding what my values are, not societal push on values, my values are, has made me understand why, for example, Disrupt HR went nuts. Because my values are freedom, speaking, being heard, community and fun. Mm -hmm. It hits all five of them. The thing with that is whether you're employed in a company or working on your own, if you mm-hmm. really understand what your actual values are, you can make sure you only do stuff that's in those values. Exactly. If you have to do stuff like your accounts, you have to tie it into those high values. But that book is so good at making you understand what they are and like what lifts you up. Right. Um, I really cannot recommend it enough. So Dr. Mm-hmm. John D. Martini, uh, The Values Factor. 
re- it's really helped me. It's also made me see from my child abuse has come all of my strengths that have allowed me to create everything I'm creating. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely worth other than the robot proof recruiter, obviously. Exactly. Of, of which course. sits on my bedside table. No, it completely doesn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would be really narcissistic, wouldn't it? <laughs> I, sleep with, I sleep with my head on my book. book. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to think I'm demented, aren't they? <laughs> oh, they'll, they'll, they'll know that you're lots of fun and they'll probably want to come to a disruptive event near you. Yeah. <laughs> See, I tell you, this is my value. It's fun, it's my value. That's right. It's it was such done. a pleasure speaking to you today, Katrina. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Me today. I do want to close off with one thing. I know that you are Australian, um, yeah. living in the UK, and I just want to say my heart goes out to Australia right now. I know that all the bushfires that are happening, all of the devastation, animals who lost, lost lives, and probably even lost a lot of animals that um, we will never see again. See again. Yeah. I think what's so extraordinary, uh, tragic, and there's a lot of lies going around at the moment because they're trying to defer from global warming. Yes, some fires were deliberately lit, but the majority were not. Right. Um, and the Greenies had nothing to do with it. There's also lies about the, you know, the Greenpeace not allowing them to backburn. That's also not true. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was completely man-made. Government neglect swathes of the countryside being sold off to countries that don't understand our ecology. Um, of course, global warming from, you know, there's still coal mining in Australia, for example. So the whole thing yeah. is completely man-made. So yeah. if you can, if you are passionate like me about the environment, please stand up and do your bit. If each yeah. one of us does something, it's mm-hmm. going to actually make a difference. We need to get the leaders on side. Um, and of course, if you are an animal lover like me, please donate to wires.org. Um, or actually, can you put links on the podcast? Absolutely. Um, there, you could also uh, donate to some of the fire services as well. But right now, I think those one billion animals deserve some. Those that have survived yes. certainly deserve some help. Absolutely. So sorry, I just had a little uh, greenie rant there at the end, but I just—it's okay. we. This should be an indication to us of what could happen in the rest of the world if we don't sit up and really start paying attention. Yeah. That's all we have time for in the sound booth today. Thank you for joining us on HR Sound Off. You can find me at Julie Turney 3 on Instagram, Julie Turney on LinkedIn, Julie Turney 2 on Twitter. If you have any questions that you want us to answer, drop us a line at hrsoundoff at gmail.com and we'll be sure to answer your questions within our shows. You can also find us on CastBox and SoundCloud for now. Thank you for tuning in and join us again when we next sound off.